This reminds me so much of the scene in Selena where the father tells her, tenemos que ser más mexicanos que los mexicanos y más americanos que los americanos. So we have to be more Mexican than the Mexicans and more American than the Americans. It holds so much truth, but it's so much weight to carry. You're listening to the Had to Be Said podcast, the podcast to help you put you first. Join me on this journey of self-love and self-improvement as we navigate and learn to balance different areas of our lives as first-gen. I'm your host, Agustina Lopez, a first-gen Mexicana-Americana, mom, big sister, and Bay Area foodie. I've been on the long road to learn to love myself and want to inspire you to do the same. It's not easy, but it's so worth it. If you like this episode, help support this podcast by rating it, sharing it with your friends, and subscribing and following. After you're done listening to this episode, go tag us on all our social media, on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, whatever your favorite social media is, go tag us. Welcome back to episode 10 of It Had To Be Said podcast. We've briefly gone over so many different topics, but today we're talking about the sense of belonging and a phrase that may be often heard in Mexicano and Latino community. Ni de aquí, ni de allá. Not from here, not from there. And it sounds just like the thing to say, but in all reality, what it does is it questions our belonging in the spaces that we live, in the spaces that we visit, when we go see our parents' motherland. Now, as a young child, this didn't really make any difference or I didn't really stop to think about it. But as I got older and I started spending my summers in Mexico and I started growing up here and kind of seeing the things around me, like visiting Mexico in the summers, it was a completely different lifestyle than what we or what I had experienced here living in California. Essentially, no, there's no time there. Um, the day just kind of goes by the sun rising and the sun setting. And there were so many different tasks that we had the opportunity to do. My dad's parents owned a small store that also had bathrooms and showers. And so we had an opportunity to kind of see her manage her store where she had all the snacks and the drinks and the candy. And so seeing that side and then my grandparents, my dad's parents also had a farm where they had cows and pigs. And it was my first time ever being around so many different farm animals. I remember my dad tasking me with giving the cows water and I was extremely terrified. Like the cows were on their way back after, you know, being out in the pasture and they were coming in at like a hundred miles per hour, which is what probably what it seemed like when I was a young little kid. Um, and I remember putting the hose down and running away and my dad coming back and just letting me know that's they're not going to do nothing to you. Like continue to, you know, fill up their tank with water. And it's just such a different lifestyle than what I lived here in California. Here in California, we had a, a home 
we had to go to school. It was just kind of like your very traditional kind of upbringing. And so there wasn't any of these like, you know, different ways of life. You know, it was a pretty straightforward path that everybody else here in California was living in. But as I started to get older, I started to realize I may have been born here in California in the United States, but that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody sees me as a quote unquote American. And as a young child, for a long time, I thought what it meant to be American was to be a white, blue eyed, blonde person. In all my ignorance, that's what I believed it was to be American. And I think that it continued to be fed into me because the people around me only considered those people American. I never heard them say, oh, Agustina, you're American too, or, you know, but here's the thing. Once I was in Mexico, I wasn't Mexicana. I was a gringa. I was a pocha. I was from El Otro Lado. I was from La California. I was not Mexicana. I was not seen as a Mexican by Mexican people from Mexico. And so what that did was it just made me question my belonging. Well, here in America, I'm not seen as American. But in Mexico, I'm not seen as a Mexicana. So that sense of belonging, where do you belong? You know, your parents' motherland is here in Mexico, but they don't consider you as part of one of their own. You can look like them. You can try to talk Mexico Spanish, but that doesn't mean that you are considered one of them. You are seen as somebody from the other side. And then you're standing in America and you're not necessarily seen as American, quote unquote. Well, I don't believe that either being Mexicana or Americana Mexican or American is a sole part of your identity. And if that, um, but it does trick your brain into thinking, well, where do I belong? If the people in Mexico don't see me as Mexicana and the people in America see themselves as a, a, a certain type of way, which in itself being American is not a race. Uh, being American is a culture, a way of life. Uh, the way that life is lived here in the 50 states. And it's something as a young kid that you actually struggle with. I think finding your place and understanding where you stand is a big part of your identity growing up. And I think that's why it's so important to know that you belong to a certain place. It's difficult because your parents are from a different country. You were born and raised in a different country. There's just a different type of culture, different type of people, but that doesn't mean that you're part of the club. I've seen it time and time again not work that way, and I think that that's what makes it so difficult to find a sense of belonging in a country that is so fierce in advocating for closing the borders, for not allowing people to speak Spanish out in public and triggering them, whether verbally, physically. I grew up in um, in a time where speaking Spanish out in the stores, out in the streets, and you would have to deal with discrimination. You would have to deal with racism. My parents definitely had to deal with it a lot more than I did. 
because I was able to speak English. And I think that in order for me to feel safe in the community during those times, it was safer for me to just speak English. So embracing speaking Spanish was difficult at that time. You know, I live in an area where it's diverse with people that don't look like me. And when I'm out in the streets, out in the stores, out at the parks, at schools for my kids, I don't hear a lick of Spanish, a lick of English. I am hearing people speak their native tongue from countries all over the world. And I think that there's there's definitely languages that are more protected than Spanish. It's been my experience. It's what I continue to see. And these languages are freely spoken by people from all over the world, which that should be the case for everybody. Uh, There shouldn't need to be a trigger for people when they hear people speak Spanish. And that's not to say that discrimination and racism is just limited to people who speak Spanish. Discrimination and racism is going to happen to anybody from any walk of life, any country, any any place. But in my current experiences, what I have noticed is Spanish has begun to be diminished in the areas in the areas that I live in. It's not a language that I hear spoken out loud oftenly. And you'll catch me speaking Spanish in Trader Joe's and people stare at me. I'm not going to stop speaking Spanish just because it makes you feel uncomfortable or you don't like it or it's like, oh, what is this Spanish speaking person doing here? Like, Keep it moving. Nobody says that to anybody else. And the only reason language is being brought up is because it's one of the many different things that differentiates so many different people, but at the same time brings so many people together. And here in the United States, we have people from all over the world who are all over the 50 states and its territories. And there's languages being spoken of all kinds. I have exposure to all of the different languages, to hear people from different languages, from different countries, all gather in all these different areas and quote unquote have that diversity. Um, It's really neat. And it gives everybody a sense of belonging because everybody goes with their own crowds of people. So wherever you're at, you're always going to find crowds of people within their nationality, within their race, within their language. And so that's just how things are here. Everybody kind of groups up by that way. Of course, you're going to have groups that have a little bit of everything, but it's not as common. There, That's like the language portion of what it is to be born and raised here in America. Uh, the, the other thing as a first generation uh, student, as just the first generation to be born and raised here in the United States, there's just different things that you have to go through that you have to struggle through obviously one of the biggest ones that I always speak about is education you have to find your own way and if you're going to go to college you're going to have to find the resources you're going to have to find the support you're going to have to heavily advocate for yourself to get to and from uh, these different goals that you have educationally looking for work you don't come from a huge networking group of people So you got to get your foot in the door and figure out how to keep getting ahead. Financial literacy. 
your parents, if they didn't have, you know, any extra money to be saving or to be putting aside for your school because they were hard at work trying to get by, you're not going to have the financial literacy to understand how to work with your money. You're going to make financial mistakes. You're not going to know the importance of saving for a rainy day or for a moment when you really need several months of your expenses in the bank or learning how to navigate healthy relationships, healthy sexual behavior, healthy uh, hygiene, different things uh, that have to do with your own body, learning about your body, learning about sex, learning about uh, ways to uh, protect yourself when having sex. All of that, all of that sex education may be lacking as well. And in essence, I think that one of the biggest things that's outspoken is that because you're from America, that you don't have the worries, that you don't have the issues that people in Mexico have. And in, in essence, the issues are very different. Um, while there's really no time zones in Mexico, the days are going by the sun and the moon. The issues that a lot of people in Mexico face are very different. So many people, they don't have the time to be thinking about all the things that we do here in America. Because many of the times, people in Mexico are just trying to figure out how to survive, how to get their next meal. So they don't have the, they don't have the luxury of spending time thinking about things that, that gives us anxiety, that can trigger depression, that can trigger all these mental health issues. Because for the most part, many of us are not trying to figure out where our next meal is coming from. In fact, we know we're going to get up and go to work. We're going to get that money. We're going to come home. And if we want to grab some Chipotle, we're going to grab some Chipotle. And that's the end of it. And so I think that that is another main reason why a lot of people in Mexico are like, you people in America, even if you're Mexicana, even if you're first gen, you're so privileged to be born and raised there and to come here into Mexico and try to be one of us. It's just not going to happen. It's, it's just different. It's a different time. It's a different place. This reminds me so much of the scene in Selena where the father tells her, tenemos que ser más mexicanos que los mexicanos y más americanos que los americanos. So we have to be more Mexican than the Mexicans and more American than the Americans. It holds so much truth, but it's so much weight to carry. With so many different nationalities, so many different races here in the United States, it's still a very, pretty much what has been considered American for the longest time since I've been growing up has always been a white person. And again, we, we've discussed that to be American you know, is to be part of a culture. But I can see where many people uh, can look at that and be like, well, you're not really American. And it it almost feels like it, you have to be born here, like it's a birthright to be American. But even then, that doesn't guarantee that you're going to be seen as American. It forces you into an identity crisis. Where do I fit in? Where do I belong? Because ultimately, that's what it is. Where do I belong? For a long time for me, it was very difficult to figure out where where I was. You know, how do I show that I am American? 
but I'm also very proud of being Mexicana. I'm proud of my roots. I'm proud of where my parents came from. How do I embrace two different things, two different cultures, two different ways of life? And the reality of it is that people are going to say and feel a certain type of way for what it means to be Mexicano, Mexicana, what it means to be American. But at the end of the day, and after so many years of seeing it as I kept growing up, you are the only one who can really embrace both sides. You get to embrace what you feels best from both sides. And when you have the chance to go back to the motherland of your parents and you hear people say, well, it is La Guerita or, you know, you're from Los United States, you know, you're not Mexicana. Only you can take that away from yourself. Uh, when someone says you're not American, only you can take that from yourself. Anybody and everybody is afforded their own opinion. Anybody and everybody can say, have their own commentary. But to be ni de aquí, ni de allá should not be or where we allow ourselves and our identity to get lost. We are incredibly blessed to have two very different sides. And, and that goes for anybody that comes from a different country, a different nationality that comes to the United States. They, just like ourselves, are embracing two different cultures, two different ways of life. And you get to decide what to keep and what to leave. And there's so many different strengths in Mexico. There's so many different styles of people. There's so many different attitudes, personalities, ways of thinking. And the beauty of everything, just like here in America, there's all different types of people, all different types of mentalities, all different ways of of life, you get to decide what you continue to embrace and keep moving forward for the next generations. Understanding that being born here, having the opportunity to be Mexicana, Americana, Mexicano, Americano, insert whatever nationality and culture you are, American, it's a really neat space. And embracing all of that it's just part of who you are. It's not your whole rounded identity. It's it's a part of you. I think as a younger kid and as a young adult, I wish I would have known that I belong, even when people say I don't, that I have the right to be here, that I have the right to take up space, that I have the right to be in places where uh, where a majority of people don't look like me. And uh, I think for a very long time, I've allowed other people's perception of my identity to be the way that I get treated by or I get, you know, these assumptions made. There should be no internal battle of the not from here, not from there. You are from wherever you want to be. I could pick up all my stuff and go to a completely different place. And that would be a portion of where I am, who I am, what I'm doing in that certain moment. And I think it's so incredibly important to understand that it does create an identity crisis in the form of not belonging when you're told you're not from here and you're not from there. 
at the end of the day, just like I said, it's up to you to decide what you accept into your into your zone. You know, if you allow people to tell you you're not from here or you're not from there, it, it's your choice. And for me, I take a lot of pride in being both Mexicana and being American. I no longer have that internal battle of where do I belong. This is where I was born and raised. This is the culture that I've embraced. This is the way of living that I've known for the past over 30 plus years. And there other people's ideas and, and ways of thinking can't make me change and make me feel like I don't belong. And I think that that is the key. You belong wherever you are. And if that weren't true, this country wouldn't be filled with immigrants from all over the world who come here and choose to make a life for themselves and their families and their children. And when people take it upon themselves to make you feel like you don't belong, that's something internal within them has nothing to do with you. They're just projecting their own insecurities. And unfortunately, sometimes we forget that and we let that get the best of us and understanding that there's so much value to having two different places that you belong to. The value that that just gives you to have different places, people and things to know about. And I think just closing those thoughts in your head that it's not it's not a race. It's not a battle to who can be more Mexicano, who can be more American. It's two things that you are embracing and two things that you are. And what a beautiful place to be. First gen Mexicana.